Hello, you're listening to the, the Paranormal Team on Live FM, live from McKillop College, Werribee. I'm Daniel, and I'm here with my group members here, Huguette, Tess, Jake, and Erica. And we are happy to introduce our guests today, Jody and Deb from Twisted History. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi. How are you today? Very well. <laughs> that's good. That's good. We've got them on the call today. Um, just to start off the uh, interview here, uh, what made you interested in your um, in your topic, in your business here? For me, it was the history side of it. So I'm not so much of an investigator. I do a lot of the history research beforehand. So I help to validate uh, the stuff that the investigators like Jodie will get onto us. Uh, and I also do a bit of a timeline before they go into areas such as Werribee Park so that they've got a brief overview of the history but not a lot of detail. So I have those details uh, with me and we are able to validate then things that are picked up uh, during the tours, either with the equipment or through mediumship as well. All right. And yourself, Jodie? Um, well, I was born into not so much paranormal investigations. I am a medium, so I was born with this ability to be able to connect with the other side. I uh, then, uh, over 10 years ago now, went to the jail, actually, and um, had my very first paranormal experience. And then I went on a tour there and just, yeah, just started becoming a paranormal investigator from there. Oh, that's all right. That's, um, that's good to hear then. Uh, how long have you been, um, both of you been doing this uh, industry here? I would say for me, about 14 years. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I've been with Twisted History for about, no, oh, just on 10 years now. So Twisted History, does that, um, does that like, is that like every single um, paranormal activity in like, I'd say in terms of Australia or... Outside? No, so so our company runs uh, a variety of sites. So our main home base is actually the Geelong Jail down in Geelong. So okay. we run a museum during the day. We run ghost tours and then paranormal investigations at night. But we also run uh, investigations at Werribee Park. Uh, we have uh, investigations at three hotels as well. So that's the Royal Hotel up in Seymour, uh, the Kangaroo Hotel in Malden, and the Railway Hotel in Denali. Uh, we do do some outside stuff um, every now and then. So we're doing a uh, Goldfield and Gothics Festival up in Molden in August this year. Uh, so it just sort of depends on what people come and talk to us about. Oh, okay. All right. That's all right then. Um, so what is like, do you know um, the most scary stories that, um, like what's the most scary stories that you've ever heard or, um, you know, ever happened to you or one of your workers? <laughs> Don't even go first. <laughs> Right. Okay, so look, I'm sweating. This story actually still freaks me out to the day um, and it happened uh, at the Geelong Jail. So it was probably about nine years ago. Uh, I was standing in the kitchen. We'd had it. We'd had an investigation tour and the public had left and so we were just doing our own stuff and we were in the kitchen. There was three of them, a friend Jason and another friend Sonia. We had one of these beautiful machines here, which is known as a K2 machine going. And with the K2 machine, when we speak, um, we ask it to light up. I'm just going to put my phone next to it so you can see that, it, or hopefully it will oh, yeah, light up. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's going to. Um, I'm just, is it? Is it turning? Oh, hang on. Yeah, turn it on. Um, so we had that, and that's a way that we communicate with spirits. 
and we had a voice recorder in there. My friend Jason was asking questions. The machine wasn't doing anything uh, whatsoever, but every time I started talking, the machine started lighting up. So we asked Jason to leave. And then um, I had something touching my feet during this process. And then you hear me, because we've got it caught all on audio, you hear me say, are you touching my feet again? And next thing I hear this slide shuffle across the ground and Sonia was to the right of me and I said to her was that to the right and she goes no to the left which was obviously my right and then I had these two hands come all the way up my body all the way from the bottom of my feet all the way up to the top um I always say to people on tours when we talk about it or, you know, if I've spoken about it, if that had happened to me by a living person, I would have them up on charges. It was quite invasive. Um, I ran out of there screaming, um, thinking that I was screaming normally, but um, when you hear the audio, you can hear the fear in my voice. Uh, and still to this day, it's somewhere that I will not attend at night by myself in the kitchen at the jail. So as a result of that, do you believe the jail is haunted? A hundred percent. Absolutely. A hundred percent. It was actually featured, that story was featured in Haunting Australia, a TV show that was done um, with some people from America and Australia and stuff. So, yeah, that's just my fear factor um, I've had lots of things happen at the jail, um, things at Werribee, all that sort of stuff, but that is probably the one that I had nightmares over. All right. Um, what a story. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> I would not be able to, yeah. Um, what about yourself, uh, uh, Devin? What about yourself? Did you have any? Uh, ag- again, most of my, I'm probably the least sensitive in our company, so it kind of freaks the other staff out if I ever get anything because it's not a very normal occurrence. But having said that, we do have a particular spirit at the jail by the name of Edward, who uh, he loves both Jodie and I, but he tends to, he looks after me now. Um, but a few years ago when we first met Edward, he was quite uh, aggressive to both Jodie and I. Um, with me, he was a lot more physical with Jody. Uh, with me, he was just a lot more, uh, he would make me feel like I was going to vomit if I was going into certain areas, usually up on our gallows. Um, but I have MS and as I've become gradually more disabled and I'm not able to go upstairs as often, he actually comes looking for me. If I haven't been in for a little while, he'll actually start to harass our investigators asking where I am. Um, And he just, he looks out for me now. He protects me from everything else. But having said that, as much as we have a lot of spirits at the jail, I, it's at one place I actually don't feel frightened. I know Jodie has areas that she doesn't like to go at, um, but I'm really not that frightened of it. But we did have another experience that I'll tell you about, which involves Jodie as well. We had a, a few years ago our ghost tour guides who are mostly young girls, so in their, they're a little young to me, they're in their early 20s, um, and they were having basically being harassed while they're on tour. So it was all um, very much sort of like teenage boy stuff. So it was pulling hair, pulling on the backs of their skirts, uh, all this sort of stuff, but it had been going on over several weeks. So we asked Jodie to come in to um, see what she could find, and Jojo had a, a dream. Uh, about which particular cell we needed to go to, which was cell 83, which was up on our third level. 
Now, Davey, you might want to tell, do you want to tell the story about Raymond from your side? <laughs> no, you can tell us. <laughs> so, uh, so what we're doing, uh, Jodie connected with Spirit by the name of Raymond. Uh, Raymond got got very physical. So Jodie feels um, some stuff very physically um, to the point that it actually makes her sick. So she'd been dealing with this spirit for, for a, a little while at this point, and we have a, um, a, a program that we use on our phones, which is called an Eco Box where they're able to, spirits are able to, to manipulate that to be able to communicate with us. Now, it's um, a very set database of particular words. Um, it is only about, I think it's about 2,000 words. Jodie, you'll correct me if I'm wrong. Um, about 2,000 words. So they sort of go through that. And it's a very robotic uh, electronic voice that comes through that. So after Jodie, it, it sort of became ill. So Jodie ran out. She threw her phone at me, which was going at the time with the echo box on it. Um, her, her other investigator was with us, Sam. She went out with Jodie and then uh, Jodie's uh, husband, Nick, also followed her out. So I was the only one left in the cell with the phone. And about 30 seconds after Jodie left, it was, have a nice day. And it was the inflection and everything, which is very, very not what happens with the echo box. And then about 30 seconds later, it came out with ignorant bitch. And of course, I was on my own with no one else in the cell to validate that that's what I'd actually heard. So, but it's probably one of my most sort of, you know, not frightening. It didn't actually scare me, but it was just like, oh, wow. That's kind of Got that well really strange. Yeah, it was, it was a strange factor because as much as you do this stuff and it's, it's one of those things that being a, the difference between being frightened and and being sort of shocked. It's sort of we're so used to doing it, so we're not scared of being in the dark. I actually get asked it quite often because I'll sit in a dark corner while they're having the ghost tour in, on my own, uh, and people sort of go, "Are you going to stay here on your own?" And it's like, "Yeah, it's fine. That's all good." Uh, so I'm fine in there. So it wasn't that it actually scared me, but it was more of a shock that we actually got something, you know, even though we're looking for this sort of stuff all that time and this this sort of validation and different things to happen, um, it still shocks you when it does happen. They're still like, oh, wow, that's really cool. Um, so, yeah, so there's that sort of stuff to it. But it, that was probably one of my most memorable um, occurrences that I've had at the jail. Wait, so, so like you were saying, like, I'm not um, scared of them at all in any way. It's just my safety is the reason I won't go into certain places. It's not that I'm scared of them. Um, you know, they call me nice words like ignorant bitch. And we'll, <laughs> probably leave it at that. I get called a lot of other words. Um, and I, I just believe it's because I see them, I can tell their stories and they get annoyed with that. Uh, so, yeah, they don't scare me. Um, I just, you know, my safety is number one. Uh, Deb, you said before that you don't expect it sometimes. Do you go in and sometimes get absolutely nothing and that's why you say you're surprised when you get something? Or Yeah, it's always surprising because as much as you're looking for it, it's you can't guarantee that it's going to happen. And that's one of the things with paranormal investigation that, I suppose doesn't come across with a lot of the TV shows and, and programs that you'll see like that is that a lot of time that's, you know, 72 hours, 48 hours condensed into an hour show. So what you don't see is a lot of that time that you're basically sitting in the dark talking to yourself, hoping someone's going to reply. Uh, there's a lot of sitting and waiting and hoping that something will happen. Um, Geelong Jail is one of those places that as much as we know, you know, there's over 200 spirits in that jail. We know that for a fact. 
well, as fact as much as we can document it. Um, but it's also a building that some days it depends. You can walk in the, the gates some nights and it's just a building. There's nothing that'll happen. And then other nights you open the gates and it's like, oh, wow, what are we in for tonight? Um, because you can just feel that energy that, that's there. Um, it also depends on who's there. Uh, sometimes if, uh, especially with the public groups, and Jodie would be able to tell you more about this, uh, it depends on who's on the group and whether we've got sceptics or whether there's people who don't believe. A lot of We get a lot of couples that come along uh, on the investigation tours at the jail at night uh, and quite often it's hubby's been dragged along with, uh, with the wife and gone to keep the peace, doesn't believe in any of this malarkey uh, and he is generally the one who will end up having a lot of activity happening to him. It's almost like the spirit's like going, okay, we're going to prove it to you that we do actually exist. Uh, so it's always quite interesting to, to be watching that sort of stuff. Or you will have a big burly guy that will rock up to the gates and go to go in and he'll go, nope, I'm not coming in. And you look at him and you go, what about your missus? And he goes, I'm sitting in the car. I'm not even entering this building. So, yeah, it's quite hysterical. You know, we're not puppet masters. We can't make them play. And we can just, like Deb said, we can sit there for hours on end and nothing happen, you know. It just, yeah, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. It's their turn, it's not ours. Mm, yeah, that's true. Uh, if you're just listening in now, uh, you're listening to the Paranormal Team on Live FM, live from McKillop College, Werribee. I'm Daniel, and I'm joined with Huguette, Tess, Jake, and Erica, and we're also joined with Jody and Deb, who are on call with us today from Twisted History. Uh, just my last question for today, um, from myself, do you believe that there is a spiritual aspect of the afterlife? Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. I find that there's a very fine line. Um, that's the way I describe it, mm-hmm. is that us living here is on this side of the line and just the other side of the line is um, our loved ones and those that have passed. Mm. I think there's been too much that's been documented to uh, to not say that it exists. And there's a lot of people that have experiences that are people that you wouldn't necessarily think of as believing in ghosts it's still sometimes one of those those subjects that people think you're a bit you're a bit crazy if you admit to to believing in ghosts or believing in spirits um i don't believe that most of them are not there to harm us they're there with a message there's a reason that they're still there um people are often shocked that uh the spirits at the jail don't follow people home all the time um do on the odd occasion but it's usually because if it's a it's a curiosity thing rather than a haunting thing. So I actually feel the jail is actually one of the places I feel the safest. So if I'm sitting there all alone in the middle of the night in the jail, that is, I actually feel safer than when I step outside the gates. So it's kind of this weird dynamic sometimes. Um, I don't know, Jodie, you, you have Werribee Park as well, Just some of the stuff that you've had there. Yeah, we've had some amazing stuff at Werribee. Uh, you know, we had, we were in the, um, uh, the, I'm just trying to think now. It, not the stables in the um. What's the blacksmith? I was just like, what's blacksmith. that man? <laughs> We're in the blacksmith, and I had a group of people with me, and you know, stuff was coming through the the equipment that we had, and all of a sudden it was quiet. And my partner Nick, um, you know, he was standing over there, and. We just heard like something running and all this metal clanging, you know, and everyone's got their torches out like looking to see, you know, 
because as paranormal investigators, straight away we try to find um, some sort of evidence to debunk it. You know, to us not as an investigator, not everything is, you know, supernatural or, you know, um, paranormal. Um, and we couldn't find anything. We were looking like for a rat or a possum or something in that room because the room's completely closed off and we couldn't find anything. And now my husband, he's a bit of a skeptic. Um, he believes, he he believes in what I do and you know, he didn't um believe that people could talk to the other side. Uh, but he doesn't get scared, like full stop, no scaring, but he was even a little bit shaken up by that, as were the people in the group, and they were very keen to get out of the blacksmiths after that happened. Wow. Um, what does um, the science say about the paranormal and kind of like what's your opinion about like the scientific stuff behind it, if that makes sense? <laughs> <clears throat> And John, John, you're probably better do this one. Um, well, the scientific, that's what I was saying about just a minute ago, sort of about the lines of, you know, we, we use all the scientific stuff. So we've got all this equipment that we use and that's just some of it um, to go and have other ways of connecting with the spirits and showing the public about the spirits and stuff like that, um, you know, like, for me, it's so different. My body is my tool, whereas these tools are designed, you know, for spirits to come, like, right in. Like, for instance, the REM pod here, it's all magnetic forces and stuff. And unless you're pretty much sitting on top of this and got your hands going around it like this, it will not go off. So we ask the spirits to come and go around it and everybody else is standing away. Um, I don't know, is that the best way to describe it, Deb? Yeah, I was going to say, we also we also ask them with things like that, we ask them to step away to prove there and do it two or three times so that we're getting not just once, not just twice. One of the things that I used to find interesting is because I used to um, answer our phones, so I spoke to a lot of our customers, and it would always be quite interesting to me to have um customers that had nothing to do with each other who would tell me the same story of what they'd had happen uh, at the jail. And it's also a little bit of where, um, not so much scientific, but the historical record comes into play as well. So a lot of times the guys will be telling me something that's happened on tour um, and I will be able to send them a newspaper article from years ago uh, showing that that's exactly what, what they got. Um, so generally from what they tell me I can usually work out what it is um, or I can go and do a quick search, <coughs> excuse me, and find something. So we do validate it in that way as well. So I suppose that's sort of the scientific stuff. Um, the other thing we used to do uh, a while ago is we used to take part in um, a global uh, ghost hunt, for want of a better word, um, which was called the National Ghost Hunt. And part of that was actually there would be a secret word uh, that would be um, put out uh, to the spirit world. And that was what all of the teams all over the world would be trying to get this one word during their investigation. And that was part of the process to try and um, get more proof. And that's one of those things, unfortunately, a lot of the, the paranormal investigation comes down to uh, personal experiences. Um, and a lot of stuff that people get is actually quite personal. Um, they'll get 
you know, sometimes their loved ones will see it as an opportunity for them to be able to come through because they're actually open to that process as well at the time. Uh, but it's also one of those things, unfortunately, it's just we can't, you know, people have been trying for hundreds of years to to conclusively prove that the spirit world exists or does. And it, it really does come down to personal belief. Okay. Well, with, with your phone, I always say to people when you're taking photos, take three consecutive <laughs> photos in the exact same spot. Um, and see if things change. You know, I've, like, I've been doing it for so many years and realistically, like Deb can vouch for this, I have a handful of photos. So, you know, a, a lot of photos people, you know, will send in and say, you know, oh, is this something paranormal? And you look at it and you go, well, no, it's just a light reflection or, you know, it's dust or it's, you know, moisture or whatever like that. Um, but, yeah, I've got a handful of actual really good photos where you can see um, outlines of bodies um, and Edward's one of them standing over top of me. Oh, wow. Wow, that's really interesting. Um, so you mentioned about using the phone and then you showed us one of the um, equipments before. Um, what other equipments do you use and do you mind explaining how they work? Okay. <laughs> that's Jodie's um, question. <laughs> I've got lots of little things here. So this is a millimetre. Um, so with a millimetre, it's actually got uh, a few bits of equipment built into it. So it's just become one uh, piece of equipment. There was a man in the States whose daughter had died on her 18th birthday um, in a car crash and they knew that she used to come and communicate with them but they had no way of communicating back sort of thing. So they got together with a group over in the States and her name was... Uh, Melissa, and so it's shortened to Mel for Melissa. Um, in this, we've got our temperature gauge. So we use the temperature to see if you've got hot or cold spots, you know, just like the good old COVID gun, but we were using it for paranormal investigating way before COVID. Um, it's got the, the um, REM pod, what I was showing you before. So it will light up all the lights um, and it's got the thermostat, which will give you um, gauges of stuff as well. It also has a little button on the side which is, can flash blue or red and that will give you a temperature uh, heighten or um, lowering. This is probably one of my favourite um, toys and it's a very simple cat ball, if you can see that flashing on and off. Mm -hmm, yep. So you just put that um, on the ground there and we just ask for spirit to come and touch it. And if I hold it still enough, see how it's just turned off? Yeah. Yep. So if if it's touched, it will still flash, okay? okay. Um, these were really, really cheap um, until they worked out that paranormal investigators <laughs> um, wanted to use them for investigating and now they're really, really expensive <laughs> um, for a little ball. We have trigger objects that we use in places where, you know, you will have children and stuff, so Werribee Park, we use this. This is the little, um, it's just a teddy bear that's got a built-in K2 inside him. So on all his paws, they light up. Um, I know you're all probably not the ripe age, but we use bottles of alcohol at the prison um, because obviously at the prison they weren't allowed to... Uh, drink and stuff so they're things to draw the spirits to you know come in community get a reaction yeah it's to get a reaction basically 
and and we're not doing it in, in you know there is some some investigators that will do um things like like to really insult spirits and that to get a reaction we don't believe in doing anything like that we find that's disrespectful um but we will use things you know at, at the jail where at times we've used mug shots we have um some death masks that we sometimes use uh that could get good reactions as well um you know we have dan morgan's death mask does wonders up at royal hotel because his his real head was actually placed on the bar when he was being taken down to melbourne uh so we get really good reactions with that up at, at, at that hotel uh so we sort of try and use things that make sense uh in the location uh for where it is so the jail's kind of easy in that regard because it's a prison so we have lots of things and because we're a museum too we have lots of um artifacts that we can use as trigger objects uh so we have things like handcuffs and and you know we have shivs we have all sorts of stuff that we can use um hotels are again sort of fairly easy too because uh especially the goldfield sort of hotels which is some of the hotels that we're using so you know you're always going to have things like alcohol um you know there's going to be gold miners we used to have a lot of prostitution that would take place in the hotels as well um so you're able to to get a reaction through using some of those stuff where it'd be park um as jody said we're sort of a more family orientated we did have a lot of single men there as well because it, down where we do the investigation is actually in the farm buildings it's not actually in the mansion itself uh, so we use the farm buildings down the back. So we have the um, we have a little Bellinger's cottage, which was the first bluestone cottage that was built. We have um, the stables. You have the working men's quarters. You have the original homestead that was built for the Chernsides. Um, so they're more. Sort of- we just go to that little cottage. Talking about that, there is a very negative spirit in there, and I am. <laughs> So lovely to our customers. I love to blindfold them and I love to put headphones in them and I love to put them in a room by themselves and try and communicate and take all their senses away basically Um, and we use another app um, that's called Portal Plus and they get to hear all these words come out and they get to spit these words out whereas I stand right by the the door um, and have a communication with the spirit. So. We have lots of different experiments that we use for things. So and on that, another one that we do at the jail with some of them do, and, and it works out really well, is um, I think it's called the Estes experiment. So it basically is um, somebody sitting blindfolded with headphones on, so all they can hear is the headphones from the spirit box, which, again, is using, like, radio frequencies to be able to, for the spirits to be able to manipulate, to pick up words and to send messages that way. And then we have somebody else who is completely removed from that person that is asking the questions. So neither the question asker or the question receiver can see or hear each other or understand what's being asked. And it is really interesting sometimes some of the the answers we get to the questions that are being asked. That's really interesting to hear. And I wish we could hear more, but unfortunately we're out of time today. Um, (laughs) Not a problem. um, Yeah. um, Thank you for being on the show today, though. Um, It's been a pleasure. Um, thank you. Uh, you've been listening to the paranormal team on live FM live from McKill of college where I've been your host today, Daniel and my group members today were you get Tess, Jake and Erica. And, uh, of course joined by Jody and Deb from twisted history. And, um, until next time I'll see you all later. Take care.